I am an uncommon church builder. I am leading second. Stewart, and welcome back to the Leading Second Podcast. I'm so glad you're here today. Of course, our mission here at the podcast is to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders that our pastors would absolutely kill to have on the team. So welcome to a weekly installment of leadership for all of us who lead but are not in charge. In other words, if you serve on a church team, if you are in ministry in any capacity outside of your lead pastor's role, if you serve a vision bigger than yourself, Leading Second is for you. Leading Second is your space. Uh, Welcome here today. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, If this podcast is resonating with you, by the way, I would encourage you to leave a rating, a comment, Uh, share it with uh, someone on your team, someone who doesn't yet know about the podcast. Uh, We're getting such amazing feedback on our episodes this season. We have a few left for season one here, and I just count it an honor that you would entrust us with a space and a voice into your world every single week. So I'm so glad you're here today. Uh, Before we get into today's episode, I want to remind you or mention to you that our next Team Church One Day event is coming up in Venice, Florida on Tuesday, December 4th. Uh, Leading Second, of course, is an extension of the Team Church tribe. Team Church, of course, has an annual conference every summer in the Seattle-Tacoma area, as well as a series of one-day leadership and team events uh, throughout the U.S. and Canada, and our next one happens to be coming up in Florida in December. Leading Second also has a session there uh, at all of our Team Church events. I'd encourage you, if you're in any reasonable distance from Florida, or if you're looking for an excuse to go to Florida in December, which I would imagine it would be just about everybody listening to this today, uh, come join us. You can find out more information at teamchurchconference.com. Click on the one day tab and uh, we would just love to have you. We'd love to meet you. We'd love to host your team for the day um, as we dive into some essential conversations around leadership and team as a part of God's great church. So we we love the church, we are for the church, and we want to help your team be better and stronger in any way that we can. In fact, for today's episode of the podcast, I'm excited to bring to you a session that we recently did at our Team Church One Day event in Ohio uh, a week or so ago. Leading Second, of course, is involved in every One Day event through Team Church. And in this session, We talked about the authority test, the authority test. And this is out of Pastor Kevin's book, my pastor's book uh, called The Proving Ground, which you can um, grab on Amazon today for your team. It's one of my favorite books my pastor's ever written, and he re-released it this fall for teams. Uh, This session is going to be unique today in that you'll hear myself and a panel do a bit of talking, but we also took questions live from the audience in our lab session at the one day event. And I believe you probably have had some of these same questions yourself. So I hope you enjoy this episode today. Uh, So here it is without further ado, uh, our leading second session at team church one day. So let's, let's talk the authority test. Um, Of course, let's remember that, that life is, is lived in tests. 
and in moments. And you've heard Pastor Kevin set that up so brilliantly already today. Um, Today, the authority test comes to prove if we honor, appreciate, and respect the authority figures in our lives, if they are able to lead us. In fact, I just had a conversation in the pastor's lounge um, just during lunch. I won't give specifics, but the nature of the conversation was an authority issue happening on a team. And and I'm thinking, this is real. This is raw. And what I know is that pastors want us to get it right. And I believe you're here. You want to get this right. Like we can have a great, healthy relationship with our pastors. It is possible. And so um, I think that that typically we bump our heads, um, not because we don't want to get this right, but because it's a very real challenge. So let me just start by lobbing out a question. Let's just see where this goes. We're very unprepped on this, so um, let's just see where this goes. Living under authority is obviously important, so I just want to ask a starter question. Why is it important to each of you? I mean, why has it been important in your life and in your story to have great, strong, godly authority in your life? Who wants to get us started today? Kendra Green. Oh, yeah, go. (laughs) I always say there's safety and submission, so I think my life's been protected. It's been guarded, uh, you know, by a shepherd that can lead me and guide me into safe pastures, you know, into places where I can run and not have to worry about running into a tree. That's what I think about when I think of pastures. You know, it's green grass. There's no thorns. I can close my eyes in faith, and I know my boundaries, and I'm in the pasture. I'm safe. You know, so there's safety in that submission to authority. I don't have to fear it. It's not, I'm not in the woods, but God's brought me into a safe pasture if I listen to my shepherd. So you say it's, you say it's safe and it's protective, but I think there are people that would argue and say that it, well, them protecting me is just another form of them holding me back or, you know, you know, I want to do something, but an authority figure tells me no, or, you know, says you're not ready. Talk about that for a second, because (laughs) I I agree with you on protection, but I don't know that's everybody's view off the yeah, I think at that point, it's a trust issue. And do I ultimately trust that God can deliver me from my leader if I need to be? And um, is God big enough? Is God wise enough to find me and to, you know, I would pray prayers. There's times I totally disagreed with my pastor so much. So this was Pastor Kevin's uh, dad, by the way. So we're talking about the legend of the whole family and uh, the wisest person that I've known. Absolutely. And I remember praying like, God, you know, do like Nebuchadnezzar, like, you know, like, you know, Paul and Silas, like you, you tore the prison apart, like get his attention. He's obviously wrong. You know, like uh, maybe do your finger and write on the wall, like, you know, or make him crawl around like a beast in the field, like, you know, wake him up. And that never happened. So I had to just say, okay, I guess God, you, you know, ultimately it came, comes back for me for the sovereignty of God, that I trust God more than I trust my leaders. Mm. So well said. Why has authority been important to you, Kendra? Do you have a? I just think that's where favor rests in our teams, and um, that if we don't have, if we don't submit to authority, favor is not going to flourish in your church at all. And I also want to point out that authority doesn't also mean from the top. It means that we need to submit to each other's authority. Um, Authority is basically honor, and we need to honor each other. If we, want, if we want favor this way, we need to have honor this way and uh, make sure that as a team, you're not fighting each other to be seen from your authority. 
um, that you're not fighting for position and you're not fighting to be seen, but that you just honor each other. And because we're all placed in different departments, we all have different roles. So we need to honor each other's positions and always defer to each other and make sure we're supporting each other um, in the sense that, well, I'm gonna go ahead and do it so I can prove that I'm better than that other person. But no, you know what? I'm gonna honor that person and I'm gonna do everything I can to build that person up so that we can work together and so that we can work together under the authority we've been placed under. Does that make sense? That's right. Well, let's, let's not stay on the surface here. Let's get real. No, I would say a real thought for me is that right now our culture's view on authority is sick. When I'm saying culture, I mean the dialogue of our world right now. Authority is viewed as something to stand up to and overthrow right now in our world. This is not a political statement, and this goes for people of all political persuasions, if we can just kind of level the playing field. Um, authority is viewed as something to buck, as something to, um, because it's viewed as corrupt. Just to think of all the things you've heard in our public discourse on authority. I think we need to remind ourselves what the word of God says and that pretty much nothing that our culture is saying about authority matches the word of God right now. It, it, it's sick and it's hurting and there, but it's making its way into the church. And so where you're getting your source of a view of authority is going to matter right now because the world and God's word are not going to say the same thing to you. Um, let me ask you guys this question. Why is the authority test a test? I mean, what is God even trying to do in us? Like, what, what, what is this test? How is it a test? Is God doing this to us? Is he placing us under leaders and seasons we don't understand to make us miserable? You know, is God just bored? And so he wants to keep <laughs> us like, you know, I mean, what's going on here? What is this test that we're experiencing when we're experiencing an authority test? You you grabbed your mic. So. Yeah, well, I just was, was rolling away. I just thought I'd grab <laughs> no, it. No, you're up. No, the, uh, I, I think one thing, Pastor Brandon, is that a test, with the authority test, for me, it really does, like, let me ask you a question, and, and don't answer, but how many people do you really know in the, in the sense of ministry that are, like, totally anti-authority that do well? Like, where are their churches? Where are their youth ministries? Where is that staff person? Like, are they the person being asked to do anything impressive? Are they, do you even know where they're at? So I, I, a lot of times it comes back for me when I started thinking when I'm dealing with an authority moment where it's like a struggle, I started thinking through where are those people that I know failed this test? They are no, I can't even find them on Instagram. I don't know where they went. They could have, they had so much potential, so much giftedness, what I think the test does is not let you be the king of your story sometimes. You know, it's like it lets you, you have to remind yourself. It constantly breaks down this selfish thing, this natural buildup of, our, of ourselves that we are going to, like, we are going to be the winner of this thing and we're the champion of this. And sometimes you need somebody to look at you and be like, that was the worst announcements I've ever heard in my life. Uh, you need someone to look at you and be like, dude, kids ministry sucks and you are the kids pastor. I mean, let's talk about it. Like you do not look good when you come to church on Sunday. What, how are you going to react to this? And, and are you going to be like, well, wait a minute. And I think what if God uses those moments that maybe you were safe from hell one day, 
but your ministry was saved by that conversation, that maybe you had two salvations, and maybe there's a day you should thank God for the many conversations someone had with us uh, that was uncomfortable for us. Well said. Well said. I think the name to leading second, the word second also refers to a posture of our hearts. Leading deferred. I love that you said not the king of your own story because I, I actually think that that's the place that Christ wants to take. I think you're exactly right. And so leading with a second posture. Yeah. Not weak, but leading with a with a sense of humility uh, to us. Um, Grant, if I just jump yeah. in here? I, I think it's important to know that it never goes away. What you just said, it just never goes away. Uh, the church that um, I'm going to be pastoring, my pastor, our first conversation when I you know, said, hey, we need, we need to chat, we need to talk about some things going on in my heart, he, he asked a few, for a few things. He said, number one, I want to know who you've talked to about this. And I told him everybody's name. It was just a couple people. And he said, okay, nobody else. I was like, nobody else? There's a few more people I want to talk to about that right now. <laughs> nope, just us right here. The second thing was, can you be 100% submitted? It came right back to submission. I'm 44. Like, can you be? I was like, Pastor John, you know. He's like, no, I need to hear it now. I need to know right now that you can be 100% submitted. Well, he's the one that made the phone, crazy phone call, called this guy randomly and said, is Dan supposed to be your next pastor? You know, so it never goes away. So in that, I'm kind of scared to say yes again. I'm 44. I've lived through all these yes authority tests, but here it is again. It just is never going to go away. Even, even the pastor we heard from on the panel today, he said, you know, my pastor told me to close that campus. You know, so I, I used to think kind of I'm going to graduate one day. Like my pastor doesn't have to listen to nobody, and he just gets to do what he wants, when he wants, and... And I don't get to plan my own vacation. And he can just go to his kid's baseball game. You know, but it's not true. He's submitted. <laughs> There's a host, you know, so just that myth. I had it. That, and now I'm senior pastor and I'm submitted. It's still here. Gosh. <laughs> and now you have a version of authority still in your life. Yeah, it's never going to stop. You know, bummer. <laughs> Can't wait till we get to heaven, you know. So... I have two questions and I'm coming to the audience. Two, two questions. I asked the question earlier already in one of our sessions, what do you do when you disagree with your leader? But I want to take that question even to a different level. What do you do when you have ongoing disagreements with a leader? Like what? Because I, I am a Psalm 92, 13 person planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. Like I, I, I believe in being planted. I, I like to say in these moments, I haven't stayed, I've grown up in the same church my whole life and I haven't stayed at the same church for 37 years on planet earth um, because I've always agreed with everything we did. Right. I haven't stayed planted because my leader's perfect. I haven't stayed planted because I always understood every decision that we made. Can we just like right. level the playing field? Come I stayed on. planted because God assigned me there. And if God's not moving me, I'm not moving, you know, kind of a spirit. And what I have found then is that God makes, God makes it all straight. He, ma he makes it all work out. So just as a, as a preface to this conversation, um, we're not looking for easy exit ramps here. In fact, that's, that's your move of last resort. So what do you do when you're just living in, in a chronic season of, man, I just, I just cannot seem to get on the same page here? I think we set ourselves up for failure if our goal is agreement. What I mean by that, say that, say that, is that 
what you just unpacked, Brandon, it's really about alignment and the simplicity of think of your own family unit. You and your wife, you and your husband, you and your kids don't always agree 100% of the time and you never will. Why would we, in, like, why would we think that we're going to agree with every decision that we make? And here, here's the problem. We make theology and doctrine over methods and preferences. And we get so bent out of shape over methods and preferences yeah. and style, which is not right or wrong. It's just an opinion. It's just one way of skinning the cat, as some people would say. And so in your own family, like mom and dad might want the wall pink and the kids want it blue. And it, you know what? At the end of the day, we're a family unit. We're going to align. We're going to agree. And it comes back to this whole authority question. There is strength in authority. There is strength in alignment is another way to say it. So we actually find this selfless, I almost feel like it's love on display when we have to mix wow. with other people wow. where we're hanging out and we all have a different opinion. Like I like jazz music. Someone over here likes rock. Someone else likes hip hop. Yeah. Someone else likes country. And somehow we have to figure out how to like blend all that together. And, and that's like, God, it's almost like God's giant joke to all of us. Like, wow. Hey, here's how you're going to learn humility and working together is you're not always going to agree on everything. And I want you to find unity in the process. So we're talking about alignment. So I would say fight for alignment. Don't fight for agreement. Right. And be perfectly okay. Like you get in a totally. meeting, we're all, we're all part of this at different levels. You get in and we all dialogue and we're like, hey, what should we do for this particular decision? We're all like, I think this, 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 this. And then the leader's job is to what? Okay, I've heard it all. And here's where we're going. And then what do we say? Hey, here's where we're going. And here's your line on that. Well said. Here's your line. Alignment means we share the same intent. Agreement means we just share the same opinion. So we're not fighting for the same opinion. We're fighting to share the same That's intent. Every, everyone needs a coach. The greatest athletes in the world yeah. are deferred to somebody who helps them be better. So everyone needs a coach. Everyone needs the person that you call. There's, there are people that you call that will encourage you. And there are people that are going to be your Jethro that say what you're doing is not good. Right. And I remember a, a moment in my own story when we were experiencing transition and I called a trusted mentor and um, I can't actually repeat what he said here. Um, I mean, he said it, he said, he said, you're some version of you're being a wuss. And he's like, you need to like suck it up. And like, you know, and, 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 but what that conversation did is it shocked me back into reality, right? He shocked me back into reality of, oh, I'm getting a little in my own, my own headspace here. And, and let's look at the bigger pictures. Everyone does need someone that they can call that doesn't just tell you what you want to hear, but tells you what you need to hear. Yeah. Can I add to that? Yeah. I believe that authority um, helps create those boundaries. I heard Pastor Ma Ma Marcus Meekham, he, he quoted, um, a river is only a river with strong banks. And oh, so good. I love him. If, if, the river is going to bounce up against the banks yep. and it's going to bounce right back in line um, and stay being a river. But when it tries to, if, if we are uh, bumping up against the banks and we try to go over the bank, then we, we fail at being the river. We fail at uh, being in line in who God called us to be. So the river um, is only the river. You can only be who you are called to be with those boundaries and bouncing off and getting back in line in that river. Well, and let's say one more thing to, to add on to the coach thing, and then we'll move on to my next question. 
Let's also make sure when we have voices in our life, let's make sure that they are voices that our pastor also trusts. Absolutely. Right. Because yeah. you don't want to have primary coaches in your life that are out of alignment with your pastor. Right. Because they very easily could lead you out of alignment with your pastor. Yeah. And so the number one requirement for me as someone who's in my life, who's speaking into my life, is my pastor also has to trust them. Which in the case I brought up was that case. And yeah. so you have, you have to, that's just a little... Side note for you. I've got one other really real thought. Yeah. And is that you may need to leave. It's the opposite of what you said. It may actually be time for you to get off the bus, and God may be using it to push you out. Because you're not, our, my job is not to change my senior pastor or to change the church or to yep. change the culture. So if I'm having a constant, I may, my alignment may never come into order, and I may need to talk to my pastor about that and let him guide that process. Like, pastor, I mean, if, if we're talking like you, this has gone on for, I'm not, I'm not saying like we've had disagreements now for two two weeks or two months. I mean, like if you're going on a year and a half, two years, and it's just, it's not working, and you're humble, and you're being kind, you're being considerate, you've suffered long, then it, it may be like God's like, hey, but I would say just let your senior pastor, you know, help lead that process. Am I supposed to be here? Am I supposed to be somewhere else? We had a young guy that was in that way. We It was obvious, and our pastor said, hey, man, I'll call my friends around America and We'll get you in another great church like that you fit in more. And he, you know, turned that down, which was sad. You know, but I think, you know, when we even trust in disagreement for the next season, it's potential. I know that's like a worst case scenario and not being planned, but how many know that's reality? Is everybody in the church they were born in? Probably not. Exactly. So it, it does happen. Yep. So, yeah, stay planted. Tra- transition will happen. Yeah. That, that, that you will experience moments and seasons of transition. So, yeah. so when it happens, there there is absolutely right ways to go about it. Yeah. it is is I think you know, yeah, absolutely. I think it's. I I have been a part of the same church for thirty seven years. I understand that is not most people's story, and yeah. so um, the way we navigate that matters. Okay, we're gonna do some questions. Safe place for questions. I'm making Corey run the mic here. Uh, he's just now joined the team at Team Church. So um, if you have a question, I would love to hear your real raw question. Safe place, second chair leaders. Ask it hypothetically for someone else across the room if you need Asking to. Ask for a friend. Ask for a friend. We got it right over here. Hello. Thank you all so much. Uh, it's fun. This is actually my first Team Church event. So I'm so glad you're here. Well, uh, so I had a question that I actually wrote down earlier from the first panel. But uh, we were talking about unmet expectations from leaders. And so uh, when we're working on not getting offended from unmet expectations, uh, is it about how we handle when those expectations aren't met? Or is it more about not setting expectations at all for leaders? And if it is the, la- if it is the latter, like, how do you not set expectations like that? Phenomenal question. Um, while you guys think about your brilliant answers, um, here, hold on, here's what I would say. What I, want to rem- what I want to remind you is authority issues are usually communication issues. If, you, if an opposing army is going to try to take out the capital of a nation, stage a coup, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to take out the communication structure. So they can confuse the capital, divide, you know, divide the heart, straighten it, and then they could take power. And so the enemy is going to come after your communication with your pastor. He's going to go after the heart of it. And so I think we need to first of all say this is very, you're asking a brilliant question about expectations because this really comes down to communication, when, when and how this happens. 
I was just going to say, know what your leader is capable of giving you. Um, because, and again, I'm plugged for the Enneagram. If you don't have not taken the Enneagram, go take it. Kendra is the Ennea, like, whisperer. She's the Ennea ninja. But I will say, sometimes we expect our pastors to be our saviors. And we expect our pastors to be our mentors. They're not always going to be our mentors. We have to find mentors outside of our own pastors. Some, they mentor us from the fact that we get to sit under their preaching and hear from them in staff meeting, and we get to follow them around and glean from them on a regular basis. But if we're having an issue, we need to go to someone else because think about how many other people are wanting to go straight to your pastor to get mentoring. So I feel like sometimes we have expectations for our pastor that they can't fulfill, and then we end up getting offended because they don't even know that they're not fulfilling something. So just know what they can do. And if you can know their Enneagram number, it helps you to release them from some things that maybe you thought they could do and they just can't. So... She sells it too, by the way. It's available in the lobby for $19.99. I'm not sponsored. I just love it. <laughs> I was thinking of the expectation of our leaders to us. And it was just reading the New Testament, there's not a lot of expectation for a leader to the followers. There's, there's a lot said to us that are the followers. 100%. And so it's like, well, if I'm overly concerned about what my expectations are for him according to the word of God, even if he's never told me, then that, that to me is the ultimate. Like, we've got to know the word. You know, our, the number one thing I find in the New Testament is obey your leaders, which is a word we like to say to our kids. And we think it ends in the Old Testament, but it's in the New Testament. What does that mean to obey? To do what they said to do. There's no talk of agreement. You know, it's like, wow, I'd hate that word, obey. Can we take that, put it in the old? No, it's in the new. Then it says, you know, always make it a joy and never a burden. So the expectation that God has of me for my leaders is to always put a smile on their face and to never have them going home talking about me that I'm the burden. So like, if you can't figure out, well, what is my pastor like? He's never really told me. Just like, look at their faces and if they're smiling when you talk to them and in the meeting, then you're doing your job right. And if they're not smiling and they're like, oh, then you're a burden and you're meeting the expectations. Like, I know that's real basic, but like, your job is to make our pastors happy. That's our job. You know, it doesn't say that it's their job to make. I know we're in this like American business culture. We're like, take care of your employees and love on them and get them chiropractors and, you know, a, a, a nap cubicle where they can go nap. And that's like, that's not in the New Testament. Oh, yeah. Just saying. Okay. Do we have another question? Okay, lightning round. Let's do a couple, a couple questions here. Quick answers. We got a couple minutes left. Anyone care to ask something for a neighbor across the room that hasn't been asked yet? I have a, can I give a theory, a thought real fast? A sure. really quick one of how that I've dealt with my pastor and me having disagreements. I know I have like a minute 14. I'll make this in 13 seconds. I just want to share this. This really helped me and I would love to help you with it is that there's times Pastor Dan, me, and Pastor Micah, I wouldn't understand, and I, and I really struggle with it. And at times, I, I've learned when you navigate a question with your pastor that you don't agree with or navigate difficult moments, the best way to ask for my pastor. So if you ever work for him, use this, okay? Here's really good. You don't got to say, you don't got to be harsh with the question. You know, I think the best way to do it is help me see this the way I need to see this. I just saved you your job, <laughs> okay? 
Help me see this the way I yep. need to see this. You're not being confrontational. You're not calling out everything, every sin you don't. Pastor Micah, I'm just, I need, need to understand something. Help me see this the way I need to see this. That has helped me a ton. You position your pastor as your pastor and not your adversary. That's right. In that moment. Very well said. Final, final questions. Yeah, right by the glaring light that's blinding us. All right. Us. I, of course, am asking this for someone over there. So oh, yeah. you're welcome. This is good. <laughs> Seriously, uh, I'm really asking this from a standpoint of the second chair leader leading others, even though you have many folks who are very loyal to the pastor, but maybe a little resistant to you leading them. And I would just like to hear how, how your take on how you handle that. How you handle people that... You're, you're leading that are more loyal to your pastor than they are to you. Wow. Great, great question. Love them. Just love them. That's the universal language. I'm going to say just try to love them. Win them over. You know, it's going to be hard to lead them if they don't like you. When you ask, when you ask, there's specific things that you're asking out of them, and they're very resistant. Obviously, you could say, hey, maybe we need to go talk to pastor. But obviously, we can't be dumping everything back on the pastor. So it's just a matter of just kind of growing in that area of, I know you love them and you try to earn their trust, but I just was wondering how, what your guys' experience is. You, it me. sounds like two different questions, potentially. Just well, I mean, so, it, feel, it, it sounds like that there's just people on your team maybe that don't want to, that aren't doing maybe what you're asking of them, that, aren't, that don't maybe have the yeah. same heart that you do. And um, Brandon recently was at our church and gave us some really good pointers about talking about uh, maybe if someone is offended, and it could be that there's a heart issue. It sounds like if they're not yeah. willing to follow you, there could be a heart issue. And so you need to just go to those yeah. people and just confront it. Say, hey, I'm using what Brandon taught us. Hey, this is, this is how I feel. Um, this is what I see is happening between us. Is this true? And make statements like, you know, last week when we had that meeting and you kind of like huffed or rolled your eyes at something I said, it made me feel like maybe you're offended at me. Is this true? And then give them the grounds to speak to that. Because Brandon has said this to us before, that people are going to fill in the blanks however they want to. And so if maybe if there has been some unsaid things or maybe um, offenses left um, not tended to, that people are going to assume things about you or assume something about your nature or your character that may not be true. So you need to just have those one-on-one -on -one conversations to clear the air. And then they could be, so the people that may be offended against you may be some of your like best cheerleaders in a few months from now, if you can just have those hard conversations, like just get over the pride. I'm not saying that you're prideful in any way. I'm talking to myself. Get over your pride, have those conversations and, and move on from there. And then you, you'll have a following that you are like so grateful for because of those hard times. I think too, if you're the leader, um, you've got to be the big person in the scenario. And what she's referring to that conversation is about overcoming your shame language. Like you've not, you've got to, you've got to go really high on that conversation and realize that if that person is, if they're going through that, they're actually experiencing an authority issue themselves. So you can either exacerbate it or you can pastor them through it. Um, in my first week of pastoring, or um, speaking as a youth pastor at 20 years old, I had taken over, I was temporarily assigned to a church we were in partnership at the time in the Midwest. And um, my first weekend there, 
or my first Wednesday night there, the, um, I did a message and apparently I said, um, 129 times because one of the youth leaders came up to me and said, um, hey, just wanted to let you know you said, um, 129 times. And she had been counting on the top of her notes. She had the check marks, 129 of them. I don't know where this came from because this is not my old character to say something this kind. Um, my old character would have been to fire back out of like shame and brokenness in that moment. But something about me, God just said, said something. I said, um, I want to be better. Will you count every single week for me? Because I want to be better than that. And do you know, in just a matter of weeks, she turned into one of my greatest youth leaders in that, in that season of our youth ministry because of love, wow. because of great communication and taking the high road rather than getting down in the mud and slinging it out. I helped her maybe overcome an authority issue. You know what? Wow. She was broken because she missed the old youth pastor is really what was coming down to it. And I, I took the high road and I pastored her rather than becoming her adversary. So um, has this been helpful today for our lab? Okay. I don't want to keep our pastors waiting, and they have one more minute until they have to dismiss, and um, we're going to take a quick break here in just a second. Can you thank these guys, by the way, for helping me just unpack some things and share their story? Well, hey, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode, and I hope you're enjoying all of our episodes here for season one of the Leading Second podcast. We've done our best to bring to you some great and necessary conversations From ministry leaders who lead in the second chair, my prayer is just that this is helping you, this is strengthening you in your own ministry journey, and we just count it an honor to have a voice like that into your world. Uh, We still have a few episodes left of season one before we conclude, for this season anyways, and uh, I'd encourage you to head back and listen to previous episodes you missed, dive in, and my prayer is that this is all just served to strengthen you as a ministry leader. I also want to encourage you to head to teamchurchconference.com and get your team registered to join us for Team Church One Day in Venice, Florida, December 4th. It won't be the same without you. Come, bring your team. There's something for everybody. Uh, We'd love to meet you and we'd love to see you there. Um, Until next time, until our next episode, let me just say we love you. So honored to be a part of your world. Thank you for inviting us in. Uh, Let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together. Uh